Good morning. Welcome, welcome to Noblesville First. We're so excited that you're joining us this morning for worship. This is not something that I do with any frequency, but if you were here last week, you heard um, we were talking about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And one of the things that I talked about was how I define sin as a culpable disturbance of shalom. It comes from Cornelius Plantinga Jr., which is basically saying God has a design for the world. He has a design for how the peace that he wants for the world and what we do that interrupts that peace is what we call sin. And what I should have said in that moment, using my pulpit as a place to make sure people hear the heart of the pastorate here, is to say that I believe that a loving monogamous relationship cannot break shalom, regardless of who it's between. Whether it is two men, two women, a man and a woman, whoever it is between, a monogamous loving relationship cannot break shalom. And I wanted to make sure that people in the congregation have an opportunity to hear their pastors say that out loud as we continue. So that's my little addendum to last week. If that's something that you're uncomfortable with, that's allowed. You don't have to agree with me. I'd love to talk to you further about it if that's something you're interested in. Heck, I bet you that Jerry would talk to you further about it if you asked him. So, um, but yeah, with that, I invite you to stand and join us as we break into worship this morning.
of Christ to those around you. If you're joining us on the stream today, hello, welcome, peace to you. Throw a hello in the chat, let us know you're joining us for worship, we're so glad you're here.
Good to be with you today, and I thank you for putting up with me. Usually you get Pastor Jill, but we've uh, traded up once a month just so that the rest of the congregation gets to know her well, too. Uh, today's a really special day for me. My brother got to worship with, with me at uh, 945, and I have my daughter here today. We, we thank God for basketball that makes these kind of things possible. So. <laughs> we got a few announcements to bring to your attention. Uh, first of all, today is Confirmation Sunday, and we're going to be celebrating and receiving in, into our church new members that have been working with Pastor Jill and David McKenzie the last several months, and uh, they'll uh, be sharing their vows and become part of the congregation. So we invite all of you to come to welcome them into our congregation. So hopefully you can work that out. But I see we got, what, about a 30-minute service, Jill, that uh, will be there. So it won't be long, and we'll have some cake and punch afterwards. So come help us welcome them into our church. Uh, also, White River Elementary, we're continuing our snack drive. Uh, we, at the beginning of the school year, just did a great... I, I took two truckloads of food over, and uh, they so appreciate it. And they just need some help to get through the end of the year. So if you just bring snacks, go to this graphic on our webpage, and you'll find a list of all the snacks that they're most they find most helpful. And uh, just bring them to church, and we'll get them there. Also, we encourage you to pick up one of these books. If you haven't already, pick one up for your children that are at the right age for this or your grandchildren. And uh, we want to make sure we pass along to the next generation this powerful prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, this book was written by Adam Hamilton for his granddaughter. So pretty cool story there. So be sure you get one of those on your way out. Uh, we are starting up again our first Friday luncheons, and the first program is going to be the, uh, for the Gospel Seekers, and that will be Friday April 1st at noon. Uh, the meal's like $13, so be sure to go on and reserve and enjoy getting that together with our uh, older gathering in church. And Next Steps is the way that you keep up with what's going on in our church. It's got all the links that help you see what's coming up uh, in the weeks to come and also to stay connected with our, our church. And be sure, if you are new, to find Pam Kaplinger afterwards as uh, she will have some information for you and a free gift. Also, our online giving is available, or you can give here, of course, in the church. You can use our online through the website, or the greatest way, the fastest way, is download our app if you haven't already. Not only do you get the easy way that you can give, but it has a Bible on it that gives you a quick means to a Bible on your phone at any time you want. So download that app. It's great. great. So speaking of hospitality, we've got uh, Pam Kaplinger share us about some upcoming needs for the, this important ministry. Hello, this is Pam here at Noblesville First United Methodist Church, and it's spring, and you know, it's that time of year again. Remember when God told Adam and Eve to go forth and multiply? Well, that's the kind of multiplication help that we need here at Noblesville First United Methodist Church. 
Come join our hospitality team. We will need help the spring and the summer months for Teeter Farms, and we'll need extra help in April for all of our Easter services. We also have four services here at United Methodist Church that you can serve coffee and greet guests and serve donuts. Also, we need ushers for the Monday Thursday service and for our Good Friday service. Please contact me here at pcaplinger at noblesvillefirst.com. Well, I got a hop. I'll see you later. Thank you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be my, thy name. Make my kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive those our debtors. And not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, and glory, and power, and glory forever. Amen. So within Judaism, there's a set of words that every practicing Jew learns to recite as a child. And they're spoken daily by the faithful. These words are placed inside a mezuzah. If you've ever been to a Jewish home, you'll find there'll be a little box right outside their front door that contains these words on their doorpost. Or if you've been around an Orthodox Jew, you might see that they had a, a box strapped around their forearm or perhaps even around their forehead and that's what we call the teflon or phylacteries and within it are these same words contained within the words are a combination of some things found in deuteronomy six through four through six the first part is what's called the shema and we've talked about that before it comes from the hebrew word hear or listen and begins with these words hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then around the second temple period, this second line was added to it, which says, Blessed is the name of this glorious majesty forever and ever. And then it finishes with what we have come to know as the first commandment that Jesus shared with us. It said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And it's the hope of every faithful Jew that when they come to that point of their death, that they can recite these words, that these will be the last words that they say before they go on to the next life. And if they cannot say it, they hope that someone will recite them for them. Well, this is the closest thing I can see in the Jewish faith that parallels the Lord's Prayer. I think it has that same kind of importance for us. I've come in my own personal practice as pastor here that I make sure that we use the Lord's Prayer now in every funeral that, that I share. If it's in the sanctuary and it's just a celebration of life service, then we share that as this last thing we do uh, for that funeral service. If there's a committal at the burial site, this is what I use uh, to close out the service. I start with a pastoral prayer, and then I invite people to join in with me. I find something healing and powerful for people to recite these words, especially if it's something they grew up with. And I made this my practice because even though there's a lot of people who come to funerals that don't go to church anymore, if they had any church training at all, they know this prayer. And even if they've never set foot in church before, what a great introduction to the faith this provides. And so we share these words together in the same way. And, and that's why we're really encouraging you to make sure you get one of these books 
and pass this along to the next generation, that they will have, let these words be instilled in their hearts and minds, because you never know when that is going to be needed to be drawn upon to get through some critical time in their life. So today is our third week in our Lenten series in the Lord's Prayer. And we began with the first phrase, and we noticed that it begins with the word our, which is so critical to realize that our faith is not an individual faith. It's something that's shared together. It's a communal faith. We pray to our Father. We pray to a Father who wants what's best for us in the heavens. Remind us that, that God is with us, around us, and above both near and far. Last week, we talked about the kingdom of God, how Jesus has brought and issued in the kingdom of God. And he says he came to bring good news to the poor, heal the sick, and brought life to those who were dead spiritually and physically. We prayed for God's will to be done, and we explained that God's will is not so much some predetermined plan for your life, but the Greek word here, thelema, expresses that the will of God is God's heart desire for us, what God dreams for us, what God wants for all of us. And we reminded us that if you pay attention to the Lord's Prayer, if that becomes your focus, which is the focus that Jesus gave to us, that, that while our job certainly is to try to get people to heaven, really that's not our job, that's God's job. Our primary job is to bring heaven down to earth. Today we're going to focus on a phrase that might seem kind of mundane, even ordinary. In this lofty prayer, it almost seems out of place if you're not paying attention. Give us this day our daily bread. It, it's so mundane that you'll find if you read the historical commentaries on this prayer, you find a, a real intentional effort to try to spiritualize this. Like, like maybe Jesus is referring to the Lord's Supper or the messianic banquet at the end of times, or maybe it's referring to the spiritual bread of life that Jesus speaks of. I like David Timms, who asked the simple question, could Jesus have just meant feed us today with real food? It's a good question, because sometimes we spiritualize things too much. And really, you think about it, it fits very nicely into this prayer. We just got through praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it makes sense to pray about our daily bread. I think this fourth petition serves almost as an anchor, an earthly anchor to this heavenly prayer. It's so easy to focus on the heavens at the first part, and then we get talking about forgiveness and sins and temptations. We tend to spiritualize that. This helps make sure we're grounded on the realities of what we deal with every day in our life. And this is so important because I think we have a tendency, <clears throat> especially in our culture, to separate the sacred from the secular. We should not try to separate the spiritual from the material. We want to compartmentalize our lives. We, we tend to think our financial success is due to our hard work, our good education, or our network of contacts, and we fail to see the hand of God that brings about those good things in our lives. We rush to the doctors for every ailment and anxiety when sometimes we just need to turn to God. We spend enormous amounts of our time trying to make more money, always needing just a little bit more. We always want 20% more than what we have when maybe we need God's help to just simplify our lives. So we live our lives looking after the physical, hoping God will take care of the spiritual 
We focus on the here and now so that God takes care of the hereafter. And the separation of the spiritual and the physical, I think, undermines our Christian walk. We fail to recognize that sometimes a broken marriage, a bankruptcy, or even a sickness is due to the neglect of our spirits. Have you ever thought that maybe your everyday employment is not just so you can bring home a paycheck, but it could be a spiritual act of service to God? We seldom see our financial giving as a spiritual exercise. We tend to define worship in terms of prayer and Bible study and singing and church attendance, but can't that act of worship also be an act of kindness and compassion? or reaching out and helping a neighbor with their yard work, or going to visit somebody in the hospital, those are acts of worship just as much as us gathering here together. Jesus taught the principles of the kingdom, but he also fed the crowds. He urged a higher moral code, but he also healed the sick. He prayed to the Father, but he ate with tax collectors and prostitutes. Everything about Jesus' life combined the spiritual and the physical. So hear that when we pray this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Now the key to really appreciating this phrase, I think, comes to our interpretation of that word daily. It seems like a rather insignificant word, but it's really important. The Greek word for daily here is epousion. Epousion. And remember, this is a Greek translation of whatever Jesus said in the Aramaic. So we don't really know for sure exactly how it's meant to be translated. It actually, this word never appears in any other Greek literature preceding the Bible. It's almost like the Christians created this word, invented this word. So here's our best attempt to try to translate it. First part, epi, if anybody takes Greek, you know that it means on or in or upon or two, and usios means essence, being or substance. So we translate it literally as that which is needed for us to be, or to smooth it out, that which is essential. So daily doesn't quite capture that. It, it's, it's almost like it's saying, the, probably the best way for us to translate it is, give us today just the bread that we need to exist just the bread that we need to exist. Did that put a little spin, different spin on it? Do you hear that, that sense of call to simplicity in our lives? I think it's inherent in this prayer that we are called to live more simply. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us today the bread that we need to exist. When I translate that, I can't help but think of the Old Testament and the people of Israel out in the wilderness. If you know your Old Testament history, after they were freed from bondage out of Egypt, and they had to live for 40 years in the wilderness. Now, wilderness is not a big forest. That's what we tend to think of. And it's not quite desert. Even though you go to the Middle East, it'll look a lot like desert. It's more like a scrub-like land where you find just enough vegetation for shepherds and their sheep to eke out an existence. It was a tough place to find what you need to live for a, a whole nation, whatever size or group that was out there, it was not easy living. But the Bible says that God provided the manna from heaven. And I know it sounds a little mythic almost, 
because it says that manna was there every day, but we literally know that there is a substance in the Sinai Desert that could have resembled what the Bible describes it. It talks about it in, in, as being sweet and that it only arrives like, like dew in the morning, and then as the sun comes out, it, it disappears. Well, there's substance like that that operates. It's actually uh, uh, insects that rest upon <clears throat> the, uh, the plants, and that sticky substance is gathered, and you can actually make cakes out of it, and it's baked. But here's the most important thing about that story is that it says that God only gave them enough for them to eat that day. If they tried to gather more and store it, it would spoil and attract worms. God gave them enough bread to meet their daily existence, day by day. And I think there's a lesson for us. It, it, I think it's part of what is trying to be said in this Lord's Prayer. And it echoes what Jesus taught us in the Sermon on the Mount. If you read Matthew 6, 19 through 20, it says, Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth, where moth and, eat and rust eat them, where thieves break in and steal them. Instead, collect treasures for yourselves in heaven. Or just a few verses down, Jesus said, Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops in the barn, yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they are? It's the same message. The same message as when we pray. Give us this day our daily bread. So <clears throat> let me make one final point here. Remember we talked two weeks ago about the prayer starts with our our Father. Well, here it is again. Give us, plural, this day, our daily bread. So we're praying this prayer not just for ourselves, but we're praying it for those who struggle. And especially when we have more than enough, we are praying, use me and others so that all of us may eat. And this idea is everywhere in Scripture. In Deuteronomy 15.10, it says, Give generously to needy persons. You could jump to James chapter 2, and it says, If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? Well, Katie Rogers, who's our Teeter Farm manager, has been networking with a lot of agencies here in Hamilton County, and she has shared some of these facts with us. It really relates to us as we talk about our daily bread. Do you realize that 21% of working adults are not earning enough to afford essential resources for their families here in Hamilton County? And the reason for that is only 3% of people in Hamilton County qualify for food stamps. Most people in this county make too much money to receive government assistance, but they don't make enough money to make ends meet. About 10% of Hamilton County residents are experiencing food insecurity, and it's 17% when you count the children who are food insecure. And even though we are the richest county in the state of Indiana, we rank seventh in the area of need, partly because our population is so large but also, again, that gap between what we make and what people need to make ends meet. And just 
As we all know, that need grew during the pandemic, went from 7.7% to 12.4%, and still is higher than before. And we find the worst poverty is found in the rural areas of Hamilton County, especially in the northern part, but still Noblesville has a poverty rate of 8.2%. All this, again, living in the richest county in the state of Indiana. So what's the barriers to that? Transportation? Sometimes people can't get to the food pantries to get that food. And there's service gaps. A lot of the food pantries are small, and they don't have enough volunteers to have evening hours or weekend hours when people might be free to go get that food. There's also still stigma. We still tend to think that, oh, they just don't work hard enough. But if you go and work in a food pantry, you discover that 80% have a job. They're working poor. They don't make enough to make those ends meet. Also, knowledge of resources. A lot of people just don't know. They qualify for food stamps, the SNAP program. They just don't know enough to, to go find it. So what's the solutions? Well, we still have to support government efforts. I know a lot of Christians have this ideal that if we all did our part, there wouldn't need be for the government to do that. Some people have that philosophy, the government shouldn't be doing this work. But the fact is, if you talk to John Elliott, who ran Leaders, continues to lead Leaders Food Bank until September, he'll tell you that all the work he has done at Leaders represents 6% of all the need that's out there. If it wasn't for the government, there would be a lot more hungry people than they are. So support those government programs. It takes more food, more protein. A lot of people are getting what, what they can get at food pantries is often starches, stuff that fills their bellies but don't give them the nutrients they need, especially for children who are developing their brain cells that's going to help them be self-sufficient down the road. We need more fresh produce, and that's what Teeter's all about. And we need it year-round, even when it's harder to grow. So what do we do? We need more volunteers to grow food. We need more volunteers in food pantries. So I share all this because I've come to know well Nancy Chance, who's head of Good Samaritan Network. She's done incredible work networking every agency in this county. I've come to know Anita Hagen, who runs the Hamilton County Harvest Food Bank, amazing person who does, does great work supplying all the food pantries in Hamilton County. And then, of course, I've gotten to know our own Katie Rogers. They all believe that it's possible to feed every single child in this county, in the richest county in Indiana. Why can't, that, why can't that be our goal? Why should we just accept that this is still there? So that means we all have a role to play. It means all of us, when we pray that prayer, give us this day our daily bread, we're praying not just for ourselves, we're praying for those who don't have their daily bread. And you're basically saying, God, use me to help make that happen. So I hope as you pray this prayer from now on, you pray it with a little greater consciousness, a little greater awareness, and a little greater heart for all who need to find the food they need. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this prayer, for the challenge as well as the comfort that it brings to us. May we, as we pray it, take it seriously. Realize this is a prayer not just for me, but for all of us. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. So we now enter our time of prayer, and let me share a couple concerns with you today, and then we'll have a time of silent prayer, which you have the chance to connect with God, and then 
After I share that pastoral prayer, we'll join together in the Lord's Prayer. So, first of all, I want you to pray for Warren Otter. Warren Otter, those of you who have been here a while know that uh, he's a retired pastor here, has been here since he retired many years, uh, even served on staff here. Uh, Several months ago, he broke his hip and is recovered and is back at things. We had him lined up to preach the Sunday after Easter. Well, this week he fell and broke his other hip. So he's had surgery. It's been successful. He's still in the hospital. But pray for his fast recovery. Hopefully it goes a little bit easier this time. Also pray for Linda Davies. Her brother, John Gorlay, uh, was tragically killed in a car accident this week. Um, Not sure if he had a heart attack that led to it or the accident itself led to it. But uh, either way, uh, the family's suffering. Linda has been a longtime member here, has recently moved full-time to Florida Uh, but her heart's still very much with us and she's sharing those prayer concerns with us. So please lift them up and I'm sure you have those of your own that you want to name in your heart. So let's take this time and let God be with us. Lord, we thank you for your presence. And we do lift up all those surrounding Warren Otter. And be with Warren. He's been such an inspiration to so many here and to me as well. And uh, we're not ready (laughs) for him to be as significant a part of our lives and our church as he has been. So give him the strength he needs to persevere and come through his rehabilitation. We pray for Linda Davies and all the family as they suffer through this loss. May they sense your presence. We pray for all the needs that we're now speaking in our hearts. We know you're there. We know that you understand the situation. But we know that some reason it's helpful for us to take this time and lend our heart to all these efforts. Somehow you use that strength, you use that energy, and put it to work as it needs. And we pray for our congregation as we continue to, to come back and, and face the challenges that uh, COVID's created. We pray for the people in the Ukraine. We pray for peace. We pray for somehow a resolution. We pray for all those who've suffered, have been displaced, and, and ask that you help the rest of the world to respond as we need to make sure those needs are met. All of this, we're so thankful that you give us the hope and encouragement we need to face what challenges we have this week. All this we pray in the name of the one who's taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
love the way Jerry talks about worship with being a, a two-directional street. <laughs> I've always thought that this is great. I love singing worship music. I love praying and, and reading scripture in ways that we draw ourselves up towards God. But anything that reduces the space between us and God is worship. So in the same way that we can sing and lift our voices and draw ourselves up towards God, anything we do that draws God toward us, anything that makes this world look more like God's kingdom, anything that we are doing to show the love of God to our neighbor, that's worship. And this message this morning is, is a hard one to hear as a member of that rich county of Hamilton County, realizing that there are neighbors, there are people living just down the street from us that might not have enough to eat, and realizing that, yeah, we're not always doing everything we can with that. So I invite us this morning as we approach this table to take a moment and really consider what it is to give us our daily bread and realize that us is not the people sitting next to you in this room. It is, but it's so much more than that. This table was not built for just the people who decided to come to church this morning. It wasn't built for the people who believe or think the right things. It was built for all people. And so when we say give us our daily bread. Us is not just us plus the person sitting next to us in a church pew. It's not just us and the person that thinks or votes the same way we do. It is all people. And we are so blessed that that's true, that God doesn't set up requirements. He doesn't say you yes and you no, because I know in those moments, if we ever got to that point, that I'd probably be a no and so we take this time to remember that this table is open, which is why in the Methodist church, we believe in a truly open table. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church to share with us in communion. The only thing we ask as you approach the table is that you desire a deeper relationship with God. Here in a moment, we're going to invite you to come forward. The basket here on the right is for your action card if you filled it out. Let us know that you're here as well as how we can help you get involved with giving us our daily bread. What ministries do you feel like God has led you towards that can help the community look like more like God's kingdom? So let us know. Drop your action card in there. If you brought an offering this morning and you'd like to offer it as an act of worship, you can bring that up and put it in the basket as well. The basket on the left contains communion cups that have a little wafer in the top and some juice. We invite you to come and grab one of those. You can take it back to your seat if you want. You can stay here at one of the kneeling benches if you'd like to light a candle, say a prayer, whatever it is that draws you into worship with God the Father this morning. As we remember, we remember the night that Jesus was killed. He was eating with his friends and teaching them all about what this kingdom that we're talking about is about. He talked about how even though I'm the greatest among you, I wash your feet and realized and helped the disciples realize what true community and leadership was about. And while they were eating, he took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his friends and he said, take and eat all of you. This is my body, which is for you. And 
After supper, he took a cup and he blessed it and he gave it to his friends and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. One of the simplest things, I think in the same way Jerry talked about how people take this verse of give us today our daily bread and they try to make it so overly spiritual or they try to read into it all the different things and really it probably is just food. I believe the same thing about communion. It is a holy and sacred event, but Jesus set it up just around a meal that you eat with people to draw people in together and say, whoever you are, wherever you come from, whatever community you hail from, come and share at the table and remember Jesus Christ. You can do that. You don't have to be here in a church to remember Jesus Christ, the breaking of bread. You can do it in your home. You can do it at a restaurant. You can invite whoever you want together and say, we're going to do this in remembrance of Jesus Christ to give us our daily bread. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you so much for messages like this morning that make us think, that give us pause as to, to think, am I doing what I have been put on this earth to do? Am I following your desires and your heart for this world? Am I praying for us to have daily bread. God, we just ask that you would soften ourselves today. You would reach into our hearts and make them like clay and put them into the way that you would have them to be. That you would break down the next wall that is stopping us from opening up to you. That you would encourage us as we come to the altar today to remember those who are not in our midst what it means to share community with them as well. And we ask as we do each week that you make these gifts of food and drink for us to be the body and blood of Jesus Christ. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. The table is open, friends.
teach you a new song to close the day, we invite you to stand and join us as we sing together.
today our daily bread, which means sharing in community with one another, fulfilling the promises of the Lord. Go in peace.